This is the We Will Fix It show, a Potaholics podcast with Colin and Dan from WeWillFixIt.com. And for the next hour, we're going to be talking about those DIY issues in your house, stuff that's going on, questions and queries that you have about the DIY world and how to fix stuff and things you should just be thinking about in general, whether that be AC, whether that be heating, whether that be paint. We're going to be talking about it. This is the We Will Fix It show. Are we going to start? Yeah, the yeah, We Will Fix It yeah. show. The Dan and Colin show. That's what it is. It's the uh, the handy guys. He's back. Yeah. He's Hallelujah. <laughs> Another loud shirt. It's, it's been a, it's, it, and this is the first time I think I've seen you guys in all of the episodes we've done. So the new episodes and the previous episodes wearing different shirts. Well, yeah, because um, we saw you color coordinate. Yeah, we've got the two brands. So um, we've got Essential Masons now, which is our annual okay. brand. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we will fix it. Been going since 2008. So. Um, we kind of have both T-shirts that we randomly kind of move in and out of, unless we've got something major going on. Mm. Um, so today... What, yes, what would major would be going on with you guys? I'm oh, just curious. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, If we've got, uh, for instance, if we're off to see customers, oh, okay. um, and it's for one of the particular brands, somebody yeah. signing up to a new uh, okay. annual maintenance contract, gotcha. and we're going to bob in ourselves, yep. uh, as well as the team that looks after that, then we'll, we'll try and wear the T-shirt. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm doing the nursery drop-off in the morning, so I'm advertising the blue T-shirts, ah. 200 50 uh, okay. young parents. It's a really yeah. good point, that actually, because um, it, uh, you won't imagine how often Dan and I get stopped either in school or nursery for yeah, a little yeah. chat about maintenance. Oh, I'm sure. And I always go for a coffee um, at um, North Anglia, where, where uh, my kids are. And um, it's almost like a, a, a mini podcast, that discussion. You know, five, <laughs> five ten minutes, somebody grabs you, and uh, they've always got some kind of problem. And then you have that one person who kind of taps you, and can I have a quiet word, please? <laughs> my, my toilet's <laughs> blocked. <laughs> you know, don't tell anyone. I'm like, yes, we get 20 of these a day. Perfectly yeah, normal. Yeah. Do not worry. Well, by association, I now also get these questions figuring that because <laughs> I hang out with you guys, I must know something, which ultimately it's they, they really want to know your number. But you must know by now. We've been doing this for years. What are you on about? I know. That's why I was sitting there. It's like 800 fix. Just give them a call. Like, and, but at that point, I'm also then going to my phone to see what are those three numbers for fixing? Because we're not paying enough. 349 800 349. We will fix it.com, essentialmaintenance.com. It's a very American thing, isn't it? Doing the. Uh the three four nine fix. Yeah, yeah. Big in the states. Well, that's the thing. I just said it's just like being at home. I'm a Canadian, but it was the same thing. I said, okay, that works for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a funny one. I I had one of my colleagues poked her head in my door this week, and she lives in one of the Emar towers. Mm. And I think I dropped you a quick line about it. Oh yes. And, and so she was having that. She comes into my office and she says, "I've got this big problem." And I'm going, "Okay, what's the problem?" He goes, "Oh, toxic fumes coming into my apartment." And I'm going, how do you know they're toxic? And she goes, that's the problem. I don't, but they smell so bad. Like it, it was something that you would think, okay, there is a really big issue here. So she's saying, I need to, I need to get EMAR to come. I need to have, uh, you know, an environmental test done, an air quality test done. And I'm going, do you think they're going to do that? And she's going, maybe. And I said, why don't you call? We will fix it. Now those guys come. Send in one of their teams just to take a look. Is it your fan? Is it your ducting? Is it something? At least get their impression because that's what they do. And so she did call. And your team went. Great. And they, you know, again, it's in a tower. So, you know, centralized heating, centralized yeah, airflow. fresh air, fresh air systems. It tends to be the ones that that pull the um, well, the smells out. So this was it. And, and what she discovered or what they suggested, they said, look, we don't think it's toxic. 
first of all. Uh, but they did say that there's a whole bunch of construction outside and there's a fresh air vent yeah. in the duct. So first thing they did is they closed the duct. They yeah. closed that fresh air vent so that it wasn't drawing from the building. It was they, they left, uh, there was two, they said. Or, yeah. So you need to make sure you've still got fresh air coming in right. um, from a, a carbon dioxide perspective amongst something or carbon yeah. monoxide, more yeah. scaringly. Yeah. And, and then they took a nice look around in the ducts and they said, hey, you know what? These things are pretty filthy. We need to do a disinfecting for you. Yep. And so they did a cleaning disinfecting. And no smell. So she's happy for now. It's a it's an odd one, that, isn't it? Because people only ever see the vent. And um, you've either got a clean vent or a dirty vent. Yeah. But you don't know what's inside. And the vent is the least of your issues. <laughs> Absolutely. And when you do get inside there, people are just gobsmacked. Even new yeah. properties. Yeah. The number of times we've been to, uh, to new properties with somebody just, you know, an AC service, standard thing. Yeah. And uh, we go in there and there is a huge amount of building rubble. Well, and I thought, I mean, Dan, you just you just moved yep. into a new place. It must have been the same thing. Mine was in the water, uh, water tank. Yeah. Oh. So they just they, so towards the end of the construction, the people were just throwing rubble into the water tank instead of obviously taking it away. So I had it in the drains. I had it in the bottom of the water tank, and oh, it was yeah. probably twenty kilos of cinder block. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It's, it's awful that, but I understand how it happens. And um, there is a time during the construction phase where the the cleanup has basically been done. The skips yeah. have disappeared. But it's not everything. They haven't finished yeah. the construction yet. And so at that point, for a contractor, it's an additional cost to get the remaining rubbish off-site. And you won't believe where they'll hide it to avoid that cost. Which is crazy. I, and I, I actually found it, where I've been living for you know 20 years, they buried a whole bunch of this stuff in one of the back corners of the site. Because yep. nothing will grow there. <laughs> and it's amazing. Over 18 years, some of this stuff has come to the top. Wow. And you start to realize, holy mackerel, like, what is it? You know, I was finding tile uh, last year. This year, I realized where they brought in a whole bunch of fill from because it's full of shells. Wow. And I'm going, why are there shells in my backyard? And it's fascinating. Uh, it's all just coming up. So it's it like a Gulf News from 1992. <laughs> or well, I'm, I, you know, I don't even want to go and dig in this back corner because I'm worried what's under there. You know, how many you know paint tins might be there maybe not but i don't know so i just i'm thinking at this point you know what let's not disturb any of that area and let's just leave it as it is for now i thought you were going super freaky with that one <laughs> i thought you were getting particularly worried about what might be there yeah no at this point i'm just thinking you know what okay it's there are, there are some trees growing on top of it and the interesting thing is i've so i planted some trees in that back corner and they are probably about three inches you know in diameter okay. their, their trunks but the other trees that i planted closer to the house are 12 inches now in diameter. Wow. So, <laughs> it's not amazing. Yeah. So, what's going on in that back corner is the question. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it be, kids. Yeah. Don't go near it. Um, damn, Bulgaria. Yeah, been away skiing. Yeah. Uh, so, my... I've never been to Bulgaria. So, I thought, you know, I, I know this is the DIY fix it show, but I think in Bulgaria might be a place yeah, I need to go. My, my wife's in Bulgaria. So, obviously, I, I do an annual trip there. Uh-huh. Um, I guess it's got a bit of a. Well, a poor reputation, but it's one of the poorest countries in Europe, so okay. not a, a strong reputation as a tourist destination, but it's up and coming. Um, the ski resorts are fantastic. So we're flying to Sofia. It's a two-hour transfer straight up the up the mountain. Hotels are fantastic. The food's amazing. Mm. And everything's cheap as chips. There we go. 
really, really good hotels for, for a fraction what, of what we pay. What's yeah. Bulgarian food? Like, what are we talking about? Lots of meat. Okay. Uh, you, Potatoes get, and that you, kind I of... I guess you call it a mixed grill in most countries. So uh-huh. you'll get a big plate called a satch, which will have pork, lamb, black pudding, sausages, and uh, lots, of, lots of vegetables. Comes on a big sizzling platter and you share it. And it's like 28 euros, feeds four people. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. We're splitting the bill every night and it's like 15. Is it you splitting 15. the bill with your wife? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> my, my whole family were there. Family from the UK. Yeah. Cool. You're, you're yeah. literally, it's 20 oh, euros ahead every time you eat out. It's, wow. it's not even 100 dirhams. Amazing. Brilliant. Yeah, it's good. But then the, the drive back wasn't quite so good for you, was it? No, I had flu on the way yeah, back. So that's I a tough gig, uh, that. Coughed all the way down the mountain and on the flight back and then gave it to my wife and daughter. Yeah, oh, knocked out the whole family. That's, I mean, nice. that's, that's just nice. a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, and coincided with being due back at work, which is far yeah. from my day as well. Yeah. Well, and, t- and tennis. At went, the end of the tennis. To the tennis, yeah. Well, I missed, missed, I missed the men's week, but yeah. saw the ladies. It was good. No, other way around. Laura, no, I missed no, the ladies. Missed the ladies, but then also because you came back and you were in such a state, you missed a day of the um, of the men's as well. That's right. But um, fantastic this year, I must yeah. say. Um, and Roger Federer, he did his hundredth. Amazing in Dubai career. as well. Yeah. Um, it was really fascinating for us the difference between the men's week and the women's week. Um, in what sense? Well, how was well, it in terms of demand, actually, yeah. the women's week was probably quieter than we'd personally seen before. The mm. men's week was miles busier than really? the um, than the previous years. Now, they have dropped the ticket prices this year. We noticed compared to previous years for the whole for the whole event. Yeah, because the ticket prices started creeping up over the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this year was down on last year. Looking at other tournaments, Qatar was extremely quiet. I think because of the cost of beverages yeah. has been mm. doubled over there. But um, really yeah, doubled. Yeah. Over in Qatar, they've added a tax on, uh, on certain beverages, okay. which has made everything two or three times the price. So people yeah. are apparently just not going out there. So the Qatar tennis was very poorly attended. Mm. Um, Dubai ticket prices were down, but it was pretty, the, pretty busy. The thing is, that is the best event of the year. You know? <laughs> yeah. Value-wise. Oh, God. Yeah. It's just incredible. We've, we've now been going. It's, it's the one thing that um, every year no matter what we will be there for we do the three three cheap days of each week okay and then we take um kind of half the bookings team with us each day that's nice yeah it is it's great it's um it's a really good time for us just to get to know the guys as yeah. well because i mean we sit now downstairs that keeps away from the main event um and um <laughs> safety sake you know safety <laughs> and um so it's a really good chance for us just to sit down have a chat with the boys work yeah. out what's going on and um and just get back up to date um so it works really well from that perspective one of our team meetings sat outside the Irish village of here the food's always very good uh-huh. sit outside and head in afterwards for, for a few matches mm. it's a really good day out yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those hidden things too when I think about it because I mean it's it, you can get so up close and personal not just on the main court but on the other courts absolutely like you're, you're literally you know getting the sweat from, from the players hitting you as they you know do their volleys and things well, I was chatting to a lady, when you, you wait at the top of the staircase to be allowed into the stadium, we were chatting to a lady this year, and she was stood at the top of the stairs, first time visitor, she said she couldn't believe, even from the top of the staircase, how close she was. She said, I've been to Wimbledon, I've been number one court, number two, she said, I'm this far away from the players when I'm sat in my seat. She yeah. I said, well, wait till, wait till you get down into the second and third row, you really do get closer than any other tournament, it's amazing. Yeah. And fantastic, Dubai duty free. It doesn't really matter what the economy is doing here in Dubai. They've yeah. always been phenomenal supporters, yeah. and um, yeah, we will we'll be there every year until um, 
until year dot for sure. <laughs> well, and I just think it's a great opportunity to partake in in a really special sporting event, and it's. I mean, I like it because it's close to my home. So, and I think this is another thing. We look at all of the stadiums that have been redone and rebuilt. This tennis stadium has stood the test of time. They keep using it. Yeah, but they were planning to move no. it, weren't they? Yeah. Like, was it six or seven years ago? There was somewhere near the rugby sevens. They were talking about about the sevens ground. Yeah, but I'm really glad they haven't. It yeah. has such a phenomenal atmosphere. Um, and also, the, just the amount of uh, F&B options around Well, you've got well. the Jumeirah Hotel there. Yes. You've got the Freak whole side. Irish village area yeah. there. I mean, it really works. I mean, yes. Parking's a little bit of an issue. Well, we don't ever... Well, actually, that's not true. No, we do park this time. Um, so we were parking just across the way. Yeah. On the on the other side by... Okay, uh, you're going to tell everybody. Oh, that's <laughs> a fair point. Yeah, okay. Yeah, parking's a real issue, James. A real, real issue. Well, I, you know, I, I got to say, I used to cover... I used to do a show from there. And I used to park on the other side of the causeway from the public transport, and there was always spots. Yes, you know, yes. You know. We found the car park this year, Century Village Park. Oh, there we go, straight across the road, fifty dams a day, and then we get safe, safe driver home. Safe driver home. Yeah, that's nothing cheaper than a taxi. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. Speaking of vehicles, I mean, as we're as we were pretty much eating into everything, all the other shows. Uh, <laughs> And Glenn's, we make a point of eating into Glenn's. Oh, we show. must eat into Glenn's. And, show. And I, I got to tell you, when I told him about that Range Rover that you were looking at that you didn't get, his yes. eyes did roll into the back of his head. I told you they would. Oh yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. it was a kind of a weird eye roll because it, his face started to twitch. Yes. Like, well, he's the guy. You know, the the absolute <laughs> shed I've given him over the years. He is the guy who has to actually do the practical side yeah. when I've done the fun bit. Yeah, um, he physically has to make it work. There we go. But um, he'll be very proud of me. I bought an, an almost a Pajero last night. Um, so, and oh, mind you, we missed out. I was telling Dan about this live. Missed out on this incredible Morgan last night. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. I know that was. Um, is this on auction or is this yes, just on okay. auction? Um, which was just incredible. And you got outbid. I got outbid. I mean, I was I was crazy low for what it's actually worth, but it seemed as though people didn't know quite what they were dealing with. Hmm. Um, and uh, I was sending messages to Dan live, going, <laughs> "This, there's just a one percent chance this might actually work." And um, yeah, I was outbid, but not, not by far in the end, which was quite amazing. One of those Morgan Aero Eights, the, oh, the modern yeah. looking one. With, yeah, I think it's got the M5 engine. That's yes, nice. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, great car. It's um, stunning. I've, I've always wanted one. Okay. Um, I can't afford one. I mean, that's, that's by the point. But Dan, Dan bless him, said, um, you know, one way or the other, we'll work it out. Go for it. <laughs> bless you. I tell you what, that is a wonderful thing about you. I'm so glad you like cars. Um, but even then, I thought, you know, I've got to be semi-sensible on this one. But um, it went, I think it went hundreds of thousands below its value, whether or not. Really? But you still have that scenario where it's highly unlikely it would have been actually sold for that. Yeah. But if it did go for that price, somebody has got the absolute bargain of the decade yeah well interesting yeah it's that's, that's sort of the other story you'd love to follow up on what happens with these mm. auction vehicles who yes. gets them what do they find what happened with it that's a whole show there must be a show that does that well i'm, I'm constantly on the auction so um yeah i can certainly do that show we should do one of those shows yeah one day one day oh, i think so. there's some very expensive cars going through at the moment on auctions yeah there was a 2005 Ferrari Super America went through recently. This is a low, a low volume car. I think this Emirates auction was around 900,000. It's now for sale for 1.25 million on Debizzle. Wow. It's one of these specialist cars, very low, low, uh, very low mileage. It's going to sit yeah. there for years, but somebody had to put that money in and just leave it. 
Did you? I'm guessing you probably didn't see James. The um, I, I put a shot on social media, which was uh, from another auction house that I was at a couple of weeks ago, um, and in one shot, I managed to get a, a Ferrari 430, a 599, a uh, the Lamborghini. Which Lamborghini was it? Was it Michelago or anyway? And uh, also two G wagons, all of which were very heavily accident damaged. It was absolutely incredible. I'm probably not. You know what? I, I'm following. We will fix it on the socials. I don't. Was this under your own? Oh no, no. This is under me. I got to follow you. I got to follow you boys personally as well. <laughs> obviously, obviously, when it's work, um, you know, something like yeah, this, yeah, we yeah. stay totally on top each other. So on that basis, well, not like this show. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, no. We're absolutely on top. Well, actually, I, I want to. We'll, we'll take a look at this in a second. But I want to yeah. get back on topic, and uh, still, I still want to talk vehicles though, because we were talking about the transporters that you guys use. Yes, but you also. Also use Fiat 500s for the the runaround cars. Yep, we've got Fiat 500s for all of our booking team for when they go and visit visit customers. So we initially tried smart cars. We thought Ooh. that would be okay. Um, and a lot of our guys live around the greens and the springs. Uh-huh. We thought smart cars would be good because they're easy to park. But, yeah, uh, they're not very yeah. easy to keep on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute money pit. So, uh, but why? The Fiat's when I mean, there's you know you got the the Corolla families, the Nissans, you've got uh, all sorts of things like the Yaris. How did yeah, you decide they're, on the well, Fiat? They're great value for money. They're reliable. Yeah, just an awesome little car. The idea is, um, as well as just being uh, there for all the bookings team to use. Yeah. Uh, they're really great advertising vehicles. Yeah. Um, so well, they look they look nice too. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. And um, and so you know we have um, six of them, seven of them at any particular time. Okay. Um, and so the, they've got a dual role, which is really the name of the game. When you're in a small business, you can't really afford to have yeah. something doing just one job. So any vehicle that's company owned has to be fully branded. Mm. We need to keep them clean. <laughs> and um, and so all of your vehicles. I mean, forget dents and all that, with, mm. which I never see on any of them. But all of your vehicles are always just so spotless. Has to be. Yeah. You know, my um, my background's in branding, and, and probably the one of the big things I, I guess I brought when we started this was um, it's either right with a brand or you don't do it. Hmm. So um, we've been adamant over the years that, um, that the branding is correct. It's exactly the way that we want it to be, and it's kept that way. And hmm. it goes all the way down to clothing. Attitude, without a doubt. Well, I saw um, the branded pants this morning. That I didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guys yep. had the work pants on, and I've seen them all the time because they all it's it's the uniform. Yeah. But I didn't realize that it had the "We Will Fix It" brand on some of the pockets. Is that new? Uh, now, no. what three, three, four years? Okay. Three years doing yeah. that? We had the other scenario though, where we found um, when we first started in two thousand eight, we found a pair of um, cargo pants that was. Um, available through car four at the time and that was yeah. pretty much where the budget was <laughs> um so we used those for sort of five years six years i guess and then um at that point we we're at the stage of okay right we can go up a stage now and get something that feels a little bit more bespoke so we got the suppliers in and we got all of the um uh, the kind of different colors of materials that we could go do and yeah. different thicknesses and it turns out that what we started off with was perfect really so we custom made our own in a very similar color with uh-huh. the branding and a couple more we, we, we were sick of them ripping so we we obviously did slightly different um, versions for how the pockets operate yeah. um but they're there to try and look smart for as long as possible and um yeah designed by dan i think you did well, they, those, the, the, the clothing designer that's it many strings okay. <laughs> like, but it's interesting the the color of the trousers is really important if the color's too dark then the shop sand the colors uh, too light they show up dirt really easy so you've got to just People find don't a, think of this stuff you've got to find a medium color yeah. that doesn't show up too much dirt or too yeah. much sand 
there is a bit of science to it. <laughs> I mean, literally, we stood there with all the samples, basically with the various things that they come in contact with, and yeah. oh god, no, definitely not. And um, and work through every shade that was available um, before coming up with exactly the one we already had. Yes. Yeah, mm, nice it works out like that. It's almost mm. as if we knew what we were doing back in 2008. Absolutely. You say about uh, the, the vans have to be kept clean also because we've chosen metallic paint colours. Yeah. So if, yeah. if you've got any kind of sand on, on top of that metallic paint, it looks, looks really it looks, bad. It looks horrible. It's it shows everything. So it forces the guys to keep them clean as well. So that's yeah. great. Yeah, without a doubt. Very nice. Mm. Hey, we, we had talked last week uh, about talking a little bit about water stuff. And we we sort of alluded to it coming in talking about cleaning the water tanks. And, and I do want to talk about that. But before we get there... It's been a week. Yes. What are the uh, what are the top calls that you guys are getting in for repairs these days? So it's it's a really odd one because um, a week ago we were saying um, that we were kind of thinking that March was going to get hotter, um, yeah, yeah. but it, it isn't. I mean, um, AccuWeather is saying it's staying cold, um, which for us is a nightmare. Um, oh, it's but, a nightmare. Well, yeah, it is because um, as soon as the uh, the kicking happens, and it's like the two degree kicking, yeah. um, at that point the phones go crazy, and we want to be prepared and ready for that. So the fact that it's going later and later makes the actual timing of it more and more unpredictable. We don't know when it's going to go. So trying to do the predictions and making sure that we're ready for that um, becomes more and more inexact. Um, normally, second week of February, on the dot, we're good to go, we're ready, everything's yeah. there, and we were ready again this year, and it just didn't happen. Mm. So the we then had um, the, the weekend of sunstorms and all yep. that kind of stuff, and that sent everything crazy. I was walking the dog mm. at, what, quarter past six this morning, freezing, absolutely <laughs> freezing. So what we're getting is those people who are planning ahead and kind of thinking about the, uh, the fact that, that it's coming, and it's coming yeah. soon, um, the heat, um, are already booking in um, with AC servicing. Which is the time to do that. And I know we say this every week, but plan ahead, get your, get your booking in now because A, it's better for the guys yeah. who are going to come and do the work and it's yeah. better for you so that you're not going to be without your air circulation. Well, they also get, get real value at this time of year. So uh, we're before the heat's hit, so we're doing um, buy one, get one free, do a full, really? uh, yeah, full AC service now. Wow. Um, and then three months time, we'll come back and do it again free of charge. Nice. Oh, and the warranty then lasts for six months, not just three months. So yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute no-brainer, this one. And, um, are, and are people jumping on that? Yeah, it's going really well. Okay. You know, but it's those people who are thinking ahead. Yeah. And that's the issue, that until it's top of your mind, you're not <laughs> actually going to go ahead and do it. Well, I, I would bet people are going, oh, I can get away without doing this now. Oh, we've got a little reprieve. I can put it on my next paycheck. Yeah, exactly. But then at that stage, yeah. when, when the heat's hit, um, and everybody who's any good, you know, actually, that's another fascinating one, isn't it? <laughs> so the heat, the heat hits, and somebody says, oh, yeah, I can be with you in half an hour. In that scenario, you should be asking, well, why can you be with me in half an hour? Do you actually know what you're doing? Because anybody yeah. who does should be rammed at that point. Yeah. Um, and as a result, that's not when the discounts are available. Now is when the discounts are available um, before that heat hits. Mm. So that's important. In terms of this week, um, plumbing again has been, oh. been quite big. Um, so we were talking about water eaters last week, I yeah. think, uh, has been one of the issues. Actually, um, I, you know, and, I, and I've had people jumping into my office with questions about water. Why are they asking me? Because I know you guys. And... Uh, one person said, yeah, I put on my hot water and I get rust coming out yeah. of the tap. Yes. What do you think's going on there? 
Okay, that's an easy one. Um, basically, the rust happens because um, over time, the water heater, it, it's basically like a glass um, mm. a glass canister inside the metal. And when it starts to fail, uh, water's leaking out of the of the glass, but it's going onto the metal exterior. Ooh, okay. So at that point, you get this uh, the slight rust that kind of gets more and more. And then uh, normally you'll then see it. It, it, um, it basically rusts more on the welded seams. Okay. Uh, normally it's either out of the, uh, the connection with the hot water or uh-huh. alternatively the end joint um, on the water heater once you see anything that is coming in that direction it's only going one way and it's going to get expensive because if you wait for the water to get out of the water heater it's going to hit your ceiling and then at that point you've got a ceiling repair as well as a water heater replacement oh, so get on it get on it yeah mm-hmm. definitely you, you were saying, though, back to topic at hand, it's been a lot of water issues. Yes, lots of water, uh, water issues. Um, pumps, without a doubt. There is, um, there is a real issue right now in um, a couple of particular uh, communities um, where there are a load of failures that are happening just outside of defects liability. Oh, and it's no. literally on that kind of time frame. Um, so how old would these pumps have been now? Because sometimes these communities, you know, they sit idle for a year or two. Two years, two and a half years. Okay. So the defects liability will cover the first year. People yeah. have got maybe another year on. on yeah, things are starting to fail. And you see it on the community groups. You see people, somebody mentions a water pump and 10 other people come in and say, I've just had mine done. They're all just going down very quickly. They've all... I guess had a similar amount of use if the properties yeah. have been occupied this, the same amount of time. And we have multiple water pumps in a lot of communities, depending yeah. on how old the community is and depending on the configuration of the, the yeah. villa or the, the townhouse. You can have two, maybe three pumps operating. Yes. I mean, the, the way it tends to work is older um, older independent villas tend to have two. Um, yeah. Assuming that you've got a, a tank on the ground level, uh, there's a, an additional pump that pushes it up to a tank right. on the roof. Alternatively, if you're in a big property as well, they tend to to work um, in parallel. So you have two pumps that are there, and it operates one first, and then there's a switch that then turns on the next pump next. So it alternates between the two as they go. Mm. Um, What it should mean is that um, your pumps last twice as long. Not necessarily the case on that one. Um, Dan shaking his head. Yeah, yeah to kind of keep myth. on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also very few of the systems, um, apart from a few of the computer control ones, which come with more more issues. Let's put it that way. Um, do, do we want computer control? I mean, I I want to think that I want automation and I want some of the abilities that that the the efficiencies that the computer controlled system should give. But do I really want that, or do I want just old school? No, you don't want that. You no. really, really no. don't want that. Um, it's a standard install now on a couple of um, really high-end developments. Mm. Um, and the reality is, in effect, it's closed box. Okay. Um, so when that happens, trying to find somebody, A, that's capable of um, working on them. Mm. Um, and secondly, if they are capable of working on them, it, it's almost like um, you know a PC when, when something fails or a laptop, for instance. Yeah. Um, Which you've had lots of experience oh, recently. Phones and laptops. and even stop <laughs> in the last 48 hours of IT nightmares. But basically what... What happens is it's a full replacement of ah. everything that's there and it's really expensive the old school systems are actually just they just work and so they can work you, and work can you retrofit the computer systems that we, we've got this replacement system we are doing you are doing yeah that's exactly it um because it works out much more cost effective and much more reliable hmm a long time to is it a, is it a big job doing these replacements and yes yes <laughs> um, and <laughs> again the, Dan is nodding going yep been there done that yeah, I'm just thinking of I'm just thinking we need another plumber don't we yeah it's um it's it's really on what precipitates this okay. is um the way that a lot of these setups are designed um they are underground 
And oh, underground been, as well. Yeah, yeah, so almost tank rooms in this oh. scenario. And um, in fact, there's three new developments that have this kind of scenario. Wow. And, um, why, why would they do that? Is, is there a reason for it? Um, basically, because with large properties, you uh, it takes up quite a lot of area. Okay. Um, so instead of having that above ground as a separate room, in effect, with the tank in it, they put the tank underground, and then next to the tank, they create a little extra space, huh. uh, which is there for all of the pump equipment. Okay. The problem is, if the float valve fails on the tank itself, it floods that room. <laughs> yes. And then when we, when we go there, the water's up to six, seven feet, so yeah. that, the whole thing, the whole pump system, all the computer well, system is water. toast. Yeah, it's all it's underwater. Done. Yeah. And at that stage, you'd be looking at 60,000, 70,000 for a light for light Whoa. rebuild. Whoa. And if you convert it back to the old scenario, you're looking at 13 to 15. But you're still looking at 15,000 dirhams. You are got 15,000 dirhams. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, and, um, you, and you need it because you need your water. Yes. And literally in the last four months, I think we've done five of these. Wow. And it's, it's, there must it's be horrific. tears in the eyes of the, the homeowners or the, the renters at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But um, it's, it, and it, the part that has failed is 225 dirhams. Really? Yeah. Horrendous. See, that's, yeah. I, I often wonder when we're looking at, so you, so the plumbing stuff is kicking in, these pumps are kicking in. What's, what's typical lifespan of these pumps? Five years. Five years. Yeah. For, for decent quality pumps, yeah. um, then yeah. you should get five years, uh, maybe a tiny little bit more. Pressure kits normally three years maximum mm. um, for those. Um, but yeah, it's a bomb kind of cycle. Yeah. I, I, I always find it kind of interesting because a lot of the, if you've got the two pump system and it's sitting up on the roof of your accommodation, it's getting blasted by the sun. Like so many of them aren't, there's no covering over them. Yeah. And that yeah. can't be good for the pump nor for the, the pressure kit. Absolutely not. Um, it's, uh, it, but there's, there's not much, I mean, yeah. you know, outside of building something over the top of it, yeah. um, there's not much that people can do from that perspective. The other, the other side, when I think of plumbing and it's just having walked around a few villas as people are buying them, they say, Hey, come on, take a look, let's yeah. go walk through. And, and I, I take a look at the piping and the plumbing on the roofs and I, you know, for whatever reason, I've been around some older villas and I kind of look at how those pipes are weathering and that must be another area that you guys get called into every now and then. It can make them brittle, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Two different main types that you get here. Um, so you get UPVC, which is uh, traditionally it's um, like a, a dark gray. Mm. Um, as they weather, they go to almost white. Okay. Um, and then the other type is uh, PPR, which is green. Um, now, the PPR is much thicker pipe. Um, and it requires uh, plastic welding to actually joint it, wow, um, okay. which is something we've got. You know, yeah. There's plenty of people that do. Um, but it's it's 10 times better than the UPVC, which is joined Ooh. by just a, um, a that, contact. The glue well, there, yeah. It's not actually even all that much more expensive. Really? But the tradition in Dubai is, is UPVC. Now that, because it's thinner, um, and also it is more brittle, um, as Dan mentioned, um, so that fails more often. With PPR, because it's so thick, it may have gone from green to almost totally white, but very, very rarely does it actually oh. fail. And it's also more malleable, you know, okay. when, you're, when you're working with it, you yeah. can move it around um, various bits. In fact, I can show you it in the warehouse afterwards. So, so the difference. fact that you might have nice weathering pipes, if you're not touching them a lot, you're probably okay. Um, <laughs> UPVC, no, because oh, if, you, okay. if you imagine you've got kind of um, anything up to oh, five or six bar of pressure um, inside those pipes, and they're designed mm. to stay pressurized. So uh, with UPVC, yes, you get pl 
plenty of leaks that happen that way. Um, but with PPR, tends to be a lot, a lot better. Actually, again, we've got um, we've got PPR for our setup here at, um, at We Will Fix It Towers, and um, I'll show you how weathered it looks. Absolutely fine. So it's just if it's green and weathered, you're pretty much okay. If it is dark grey and weathered, you need to keep an eye on it. Is there, in, in your scenario, you know, sort of a lifespan on these things? Should we be looking at every 10 years, maybe the visible pipes that are being exposed to the weather to think about swapping them out, or is that overkill? Uh, no, your time is about right there. Actually, when I moved into my place in the ranches, so I moved in when it was just over 10 years old, um, and at that stage, I ripped out all of the um, uh, the PVC exterior piping, redid mm. all of that, um, and uh, actually now I've just converted it over to PPR just because it, it, yeah. I needed something quick initially, and then once we had time to look at it, I was like, right, no, actually let's transfer that over properly. Um, but uh, ten years is probably about right for uh, PVC and PPR. Actually, it's only really been in use for. Um, under 10 years and we start down what year three year four doing PPR installations I mm-hmm. guess yep um, and it doesn't look as though it's it's got um, any issues for another 10 years maybe longer right. and piping's not that expensive is it no here it's mm-hmm. not but again there's a lot of Chinese pipe you gotta be pretty careful <sighs> about your suppliers so, I mean, can I visibly tell the difference? I no. mean, no. 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 Actually, so you don't sorry, know if I've, the guy's gone to Dragon Mart and just bought, you know, a container. Uh, yeah, I've done a bit of a blanket job there. There is perfectly decent Chinese pipe available, mm-hmm. um, but you've got to trust your supplier, and that's the critical thing. Um, so we, we've stuck with the same tiny little shop in Satwa um, <laughs> for uh, 11 years since we started. We used to be located just at the end of their road, so it was a bit yeah. of a fluke that we started with this shop. But it, it's it's tiny. It's like a cabin. And um, we spent. He's got storage units all over the place. So whatever, whatever yeah. you want, you go and say, I want something, I want something obscure. He'll it, find it within five minutes. He says some guy running to his other yeah, storage. Absolutely. It's absolutely incredible. We, we spend millions of dirhams on this guy. You know, he, he must love you guys. Doesn't even give us a Christmas card. That's <laughs> a very valid point. We don't get we don't get anything. But um, you know, when you have service like that, he does deliver. Now, to be fair, to us, now that we're over in Alkis. Um, but no, it's one of those whereby um, he knows how we operate. Now we mm. know how he operates, and he never gives something substandard. Right. Um, so it's which, good that way. But which, which is interesting because I bet you he's got some of those substandard uh, piping available if you really wanted it. Not that you want it, but Price because point. well, only because I've been to some of these places, and the guy takes one look at me and he says, "You want this?" Yeah. And I'm going, "Well, what about that one?" And he goes, "You don't want that one." Yeah, but that's the point. You need to ask that question when yeah. you when you are going. If you are going for supplies yourself, especially in um, uh, in Satwa or um, you know these kind of places, yeah. ask them the question. They will tell you straight. Is this the right quality? Is this the best quality that you have? Yeah. They're not looking to upsell you. It's just yeah. some people will work to to the the lowest of low price points, and some yeah. people actually want a quality job. Yeah, you know what? I've also found that uh, this is staying in the plumbing in your our kitchen tap sort of area, and I found this at a lot of villas is the washers that go between the aluminum kitchen sinks and the fixture that you're using, they, they don't seem to have any. And I've looked at, you know, because you know, at someone's house, you help them wash up and you know, I said, oh, this is an interesting movement on your tap. And, and I, as, as I take a little look, it's like it needs a little, you know, rubber washer. Oh, I get you. You mean the attachment. So yeah. a, a washer between uh, the sink itself, the hole where the yeah. sink is yeah. and the tap. And I'm looking, I've, I've seen so many in the last, you know, several months where it's like that piece doesn't come with the kit. And I'm thinking, 
you know, this is uh, clearly someone should be selling these things. And uh, often it's tightening up. Yeah. yeah. See, this is the difficulty with tightening up. Back in the day, the uh, the locking nut that's on the underside of the tap yeah. um, used to be brass. Right. And uh, at that point, you've got something really good that you can just clench hold of. Which yep. Actually, you need a special tool most of the time to get at that. Um, but but a, what, a pair of uh, water pipe pliers isn't going to do the job? Uh, well, it's, uh, no, no, no. well um, there's basically, if you need the 90 degree, if you can imagine, so your yeah. normal ratchet, you need a 90 degree head. And there's a particular tool that is available. Um, actually, we use Stanley for that one. Um, which basically gives you both the 90 degree head and also the clasp that you need to be able to do that twist at the same time. Mm. So for the difficult ones, that's that's what we kind of use. Um, but the issue now is that they've cost reduced from brass down to nylon. Well, if you tighten the nylon... Nylon? Yeah. Like that's plastic. Exactly. You then So then at that point, you pull the threads. Yeah. And um, it's a real problem. So our mm. guys, when they install, tend to use uh, like a, um, a lock thread on the nylon so that it's yeah. going to stay where it's been put. That's just, I mean, a cost effective for the guys who are making the products, but at the end of the day, it just doesn't sound. It's under a dirham, isn't it? Yeah. It's probably under, under 50 <laughs> fills. Um, and it's frustrating, you know, yeah. even the, uh, the decent brands have gone down that route and, um, uh, it's, it's nothing short of frustrating to say mm-hmm. to somebody, look, I'm really sorry, but you know, I believe this, that is, um, that is not only do we can we not get you just the uh, replacement locking nut, yeah. um, but none of the parts within modern taps are, are serviceable for yeah. a cost-effective price because of the labour. Walking around Carrefour the other day, I noticed they've got a whole aisle of water filtration that I can put into my my house. You guys find yourselves installing any of that equipment for people? We do some, um, but not as much as you would, I suppose. Yeah, it's an interesting one because the way that that tends to work um, is either. Uh, somebody who's got a real, either the need for drinking water that yeah. comes directly from the tap, in which case you need to go high end um, to get something that is totally reliable. Um, personally, I wouldn't be particularly comfortable to have um, that that setup without something UV um, mm. as well as um, uh, filtration as such. Yeah. Um, you know, the traditional way you would do that is with something like a standard um, five micron uh, plastic filter then a standard one micron plastic filter, then a carbon filter, and then a UV. That would be the way that you would traditionally set it up. Sounds like you're set up for your pure water. Yeah, it is. Well, <laughs> that, that's kind of where the, the original logic came from yeah. um, for, for that approach. And then we obviously took it to the nth degree. Um, but then the issue that you have is each time you go through a filter, you get pressure loss. Well, if you've only got a half-inch pipe, which is the standard fit of where you would fit it, then you've got a problem there. If you want to go overall, uh, so next to the pump, so an entire house setup, then at that point, A, much bigger filters that are required. And secondly, it's really critical um, that you don't get this pressure loss. Um, and it depends on your pipe setup more than the pump itself at that stage, whether yeah. or not it's going to be acceptable. I think a lot, a lot of people in Dubai worry about hair fall. I think it's a very popular discussion in some of our wife and her friends in the in the bikini oh, park. They talk about yeah. lo- losing a lot of hair. People. So just over dinner, you say, "Oh, how's the hair fall going?" Yeah, I think it's, really. I think it's a real worry. I'm not hanging around in your no. crowd. It's a big it's a ladies' work. problem, isn't it? Yeah, really, when I, we we tried at my old house. My wife was was talking about it. So I'm, my hair's falling out, so we tried putting an aftermarket filter yeah. just after the water heater. Didn't make any difference. I mean, if you want to make a big difference, like Colin said, I think you need to go to a professional setup, not something you're going to buy by yourself. And so did you guys do? A, did you guys head to the professional? No, room? we didn't. We moved house in the end. But, uh, <laughs> but, and has uh, the hair fall situation changed? Actually, it's better in this house. Yeah. So it's the same water, though. 
Yeah, no. yeah, but it depends how it's been stored, uh, how it's come, okay. and, and also what contamination level it's got. Interesting. So, yeah, it's a really difficult one, but it is. It genuinely is a major issue for yeah. uh, for ladies in Dubai. Well, I, I wonder if this doesn't open up a whole other conversation. No, I mean, just spitballing here for a second. But when we talk about filtration, what about the system that puts back in the water or is putting in the water the minerals and things that are leading to the hair fall that are absent or something? Or is the water ultimately just too hard or too soft? I don't, I don't even know what, you, what we're looking at here, if, if our water's kind of in between. I'm not really a huge expert on, yeah. on that kind of hair fall <laughs> issue, but um, what the, I'm sure the way it would go is the cleaning process would be pretty much standard. Yeah. So you get it to a, to a base level yeah. and then add in whatever it is that it's would be useful. What a fine head of hair for a man in his 40s, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Thank you. Going grey ridiculously <laughs> rapidly. Aren't we all? Sure, that's your fault, Carl. <laughs> hey, but you know, what, speaking of water, what I've noticed, and you would notice the same thing with your water filtration system that we will fix it is i i've noticed the ph levels because you know i've got a, a jacuzzi hot tub in and, and while the, the the sanitary keeping it sanitary and all that is important but i i really monitor the ph levels because as soon as those get out of whack you you tend to get dry skin or itchy skin or whatever yep. and and i just noticed over over the years that that has really changed a lot in fact the ph is rather high i noticed coming out of the tap uh, it was still within acceptable ranges, so I'm not dissing yeah. the municipality, but higher than I like it for my tub. We've and got exactly the same issue right now. In fact, as we speak, it used to be lower though, and this is I, I wonder what's changed because I found that the, the pH, you know, ten years ago yeah. was low, and now it's high. So I don't know what's changed. Yeah, we've got something. I don't know if it's alkus related or, or or what, but right now we are as we speak, installing new carbon, a new carbon system to try and equalize that all out. Yeah. Um, and it's proving difficult. It's yeah. variable as well, which means that trying to get back down to the base level that we want to be before we start going into a reverse osmosis situation um, is uh, is really critical to us. Hmm. So I would see. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Whole area of discussion to continue on with. Yeah. Anything else going on in the plumbing world that uh, you've been getting calls about? Um, what else have we got right now? Oh, as the water starts to get warmer, um, oh. then uh, the way that a pressure kit operates basically is using a bladder of some format to, to almost act like a damper yeah. um, for the water. Otherwise, you get those horrible kind of clunking noises that um, that, that happen. Yep. The problem with the bladders are they're, they're made of some format of rubber, and rubber doesn't like heat. Mm. So um, over the next couple of weeks, it's just started actually, which is odd because we were also saying that it hasn't got too uh, too warm yet. But I think over the next kind of probably four to six weeks, we will start to get more and more pressure kit failures as those bladders that have been teetering on the edge through the cold weather yeah. get some heat to them and it, it just makes them brittle and they crack. Mm. Uh, and at that point, there's no point just replacing the bladder because already the rest of the um, uh, the unit's been, been sort of smothered in water. Um, so there'll be plenty of those replacements coming as well. Yeah, well. At least that's a fairly quick replacement. Yes, it is. Yeah, 45 minutes it should yeah. be normally. Which is nice. Yeah. But it's again one of those things to be you know, doing some observation of your pumps, you know, when you've got it on, if it's going on and off and on yes, and yeah. off and on and off exactly. and on and off, you know, uh oh, we've got an issue. Yep. And yes. I, I think a lot of people just forget that stuff. It's uh, again, that little bit of troubleshooting, knowing when to make a call and get the team in. Yes. Is, is I think people could save themselves a lot of misery if they just 
listen to what's going on around their their accommodation yeah also i mean the the on and off scenario is those are proper old school units like you've got with the pressure vessels oh yeah um the electronic um pressure kits that most developments have now and there's a little jet of water that comes out the top of the pressure kit uh, which tells you the blood has failed okay um so that should be like one of those (laughs) (laughs) the idea the idea is that 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 there's a tiny little like a pinprick air hole which is there to allow air in and out as the bladder expands and contracts well if that's water you know for a fact that the water's got through the bladder you've got a crack and it's gone um and actually one of my um one of my favorite customers um yesterday got hold of me bless her um, this isn't the lady who's yes, like number is. six yes exactly oh, there we go just around the corner from you and <laughs> and she sent me the, exactly that picture yesterday um of the pressure kit as it uh, as it went and um i mean it's about as clear cut as uh, as you can possibly uh, imagine um but as soon as you see that trickle of water then you know for sure that that's um yeah. that's all done but, um, and it's literally, there you go. That is oh, as here we clear go. Oh, as yeah. day. Yeah, it looks like my place. Yeah. I've, got, I've got a system just like that. I've never, oh, seen, I've never seen water come out of the top, though. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's so a good thing. If you, if you look closely, there's a tiny little yeah. hole there. I haven't seen that many I times. I saw the picture sure. yesterday, yep. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. Um, so uh, it's, it, it's standard. And again, that isn't a substandard unit. That's an okay. ESPA unit. We fitted yeah. that probably five years ago for Nargis, I guess. Mind you, that pump, Dan, here's, hey, here's a case in point. That pump... Which is called um, is a Grundfos pump. Yeah, um, that's here. it looks just like my house. They're like, like the Ferraris of the pump world. Yeah. Well, I absolutely love Grundfos. They're brilliant. And um, this one we installed um, as one of our very first jobs that we will fix it in two thousand and eight. Yeah. We're now eleven years later. That pump still is going fine. So, and, and, and maybe you guys were the people who did install the place at ours. I don't know, but oh, I've got a pump. Ago, I've not. got a pump very similar to that and and uh, i don't know a little while ago the the guys were in doing some work uh, not your guys but my yeah, my yeah. landlord's guys and i said to him i said what do you think of that pump and he took one like i said that pump's got a lot of life left in it and exactly. i said really you don't because yeah. th- it, it looks like that it's well weathered again buying quality yeah you know it's uh, we, we we keep saying people see it think pump they think cheap oh, and the next thing yeah. you know they're off in um, drug and mark but they're not the same yeah it's a um, different world yeah so it's it's uh, it's pretty important anything else in the water world do you know what? One of the things that we were going to talk about, Dan's going to remember this one. One of the things that we were going to talk about was what was the nightmare of all nightmare yeah. fixes. And um, That's been at the bottom of the list forever. So yeah, I, I know, but I keep. Yeah, we, yeah. we've got an absolute classic on oh, this. I love it. I love this. Which, I love your stories because, like, as you said, you've been over 10 years, you've been doing yeah. this. Well, this one's pulling back from kind of probably seven years ago, which was Jumeirah Islands. All right. And um, we were called to a job by actually a property manager at the time. Um, which was Dan, Dan's a proper student. He's checking off on the sheet. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like kind this. of that's kind of one of the interview jobs that Dan <laughs> bless him always looks after, and it's really useful. But this job was um, was basically what we were told was. Um, so our client's been away for the whole of the summer. We were in September, oh, no. and um, somewhere in August, um, the next door neighbour um, got in touch with them to say there's water going down your driveway. Okay. This is Jumeirah Islands. Um, about a couple of days later, they finally managed to get into the property. It wasn't as easy as they thought. And what had actually happened was, in the uh, they went up the stairs along the long corridor. It's a big Jumeirah Islands property. And in the furthest bedroom, or the bathroom of the bedroom from the corridor, um, the, the shatter, the, spray, uh, the sprayer had sheared. Oh, no. And the water had basically, if you imagine, they found it when it went down the driveway. Okay, uh, so it had been a really long period, 
And by the time that we went there in September, it was proper hazmat gear. Like all of the walls were black. The roof was was had just mold all over it, but in every room because they left the doors open as you would do to allow sure. circulation to occur. Yeah, yeah. So the water had basically branched as it had gone. And literally we took one look at it and went, you're probably talking about quarter of a million or more to fix this. And we were there to basically make a basic assessment. Is this a full-on insurance job? And if so, what kind of money are we looking at? And we're like, this is not even a question. This is a major insurance job. Go through the entire process of this. But it is literally a fitting, which on that one was, what, 40 dirhams? Wow. Caused quarter of a million yeah, dirhams. They, they had carp- some carpets as well, if I remember. They had carpets which were soaked. And obviously the tiles underneath are raising up because it's yeah. just been, been soaked in the carpet for weeks. It was a real mess. And nothing that you can do until the whole thing is dried out. So yeah. they, they, it, there was no way that was habitable for God. It would have taken six to eight months to get that back to a habitable state. Horrific. And, so, and for something that was 40 dirhams. Yes. But they weren't to know, to be fair. They weren't yeah. to know. Um, and that isn't... I wouldn't have done, to be fair, I probably wouldn't have done anything different apart from yeah. making sure that if you are going away, somebody's got a key and at least going in <laughs> yep, a absolutely. couple of times a week as yeah. a minimum. I'm just thinking we, we don't tend to isolate our water at home when we're going away, but no, you do either. make sure there's somebody coming in a bit every couple of days. And at least if there's a problem, you, you're nipping yeah. the bud. Well, that's, and that's as you're talking about these little things, toilets can have a problem, and yeah. the plunger. And there, next thing you know, you got water overflowing. Those little tap things, hot water tanks. Yeah. It just if it if it goes, you're unlucky. The whole ceiling. But there's that's kind of a, a very regular scenario where, yeah. where we, we we get the phone call or the email, which is um, here's my diva bill. It's forty thousand dirhams. <laughs> yeah. And how's this happened? And. Um, DU actually have been a lot more proactive recently, okay. which is wonderful. They're, um, they're now um, spotting the spikes. Mm. And when they spot the spike, initially they will send both email and also put a notice at the oh. property to say, your uh, consumption, for some reason, has just gone over. I think they actually have a, like a 70% threshold, I think it is. Okay. Um, so you're made aware of it as quickly as DWA can possibly do, which is a phenomenal service from them. And they will actually go as far as isolate if there is anything that is they think is really untoward to try and save you that. But again, if um, if there is that leak, it's a heck of a discussion to have either with a landlord or alternatively with DWA Direct because the consumption has happened. Yeah. So it's it's an awful scenario and we've seen it on numerous occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one I want to go back to with hot weather is door handle issues and the number of places I've gone where I'm looking at their door handles and I'm going, that's not an external door handle. Why, yeah. why do you have an external door handle on a door that is leading into your villa, and we've got so many or so many places where you've got exposed uh, doorways. Yeah. And it doesn't seem, it seems to me that either people are cheaping out or the people who are doing the repairs don't realize that you need to have the correct equipment. That's an original fit on quite a lot of um, mm. developments as well, that all of the door handles are completely consistent, including the front door. Yeah. Um, and But the nice thing is, um, for the developments that I'm thinking of, Dan, the original fit is actually really good quality. Oh, that's good. Um, so they do last quite well. The problem tends to be when, uh, as you mentioned, if, if it is repaired and replaced, yeah. then at that point, 
they're notorious for, you know, door handle. What do you think that should cost? 60 dirhams. Okay, yeah, so that's the market rate that people are thinking. Well, actually, the quality door handle that was originally fitted was actually 360, 370. Yeah. Um, but people aren't going to say, okay, what with, uh, so with sourcing, installation, etc., you're probably at the 550, 600 mark for one door handle. You must be kidding me. Yeah. Fit the 60 dirham number. And next thing, you know, six months later, the lacquer's peeled off and you've got a green door handle. And yeah. Like, what happened there? Or they just fail. I've seen this happen yes. at a number of places too, where mm-hmm. the the aluminum or whatever the composite is being used just shears off. Yeah, and yeah. nothing worse. It looks terrible. Well, it's totally unusable as well. And yeah. again, um, you know, that's down quite a lot of the time. That's down to casting. Mm. Um, so uh, if they need to save money by using less metal, then you end up with a dodgy casting, yeah. or yeah. the metal itself is, you know, you end up with something that's such low quality yeah. um, that it's, um, it's just a stress failure over time. I know we talked about painting before, but exterior and interior painting becomes a big issue as well, and making sure that uh, you're getting the right paint, especially for doors and and walls. And I, I just see so many, I mean, just walking around villas in, in some of the areas where I am, there's a lot of empty ones. And I, I'm, look, I'm just looking at paint. I don't know why. I'm just, I'm infatuated with paint. And it's peeling. Or I'm going, I think you got the wrong paint on there. And it's like, who's going to buy this place? Or rent this place? If you've got, you've got to have the right paint to make sure that the guy, the guy that's painting your villa is not watering it down. That's a big yeah. problem to buy. People just tend to... Well, I see that. Add, I, add water to paint. You to, <laughs> why are you doing that? If it's a good weatherproof paint, it doesn't yeah. need, shouldn't need watering down. But people are trying to save money. Are, um, are people still, are the paint guys, whether it's Jotun or the others, are they still selling paint? that needs to be mixed with a water or a thinner? Is that still out there or is that gone? It's actually, it's an interesting one because um, what they try to do is to make the paint as tolerant as possible. They know that that's a standard thing here. So they they make it on the thicker side of the scenario Mm. so that if somebody added um, uh, water to it, then it would still be as as effective as it could be so yes there are still brands that suggest you can take up to 10 percent of water but if you can show me somebody who only uses 10 percent, i'm quite amazed (laughs) and the reason that they do it is not just to stretch out the paint itself but it also loses less brush strokes and especially in a hot climate it can do that as well but the problem is you then end up with a rainbow of colors with one original um, scenario because there's no kind of measurement to it and there's no real mixing to it so we have an absolute stipulation nobody adds any water to any paint that we use but the other reason for and are you guys buying a specific paint these days are you using a specific we, brand and we moved about oh five years ago oh. onto Jotun um, which is interesting why would you move it to I mean that's so a we, great brand there the yeah we were on we were with Dulux um, okay. the uh, Dulux has changed now so they changed their local uh, partner in terms of who um, who works it and then the pricing the pricing went pretty uncompetitive which is where oh, we started okay. and also over time we were looking at the uh, the paints quite similar to you in a way um of uh, and Jotun was the original um e- uh, fit for a lot of the developments around this period and it okay. was aging really well um so we were pretty confident in the quality and when you throw quality and price point together that's kind of where you get to interestingly enough um it seems like caparol of firm taking yep. a big step forward on Ooh. the original um uh installation um with developments um so we're certainly keeping an eye on them at the moment so like like colin said a lot a lot of the developers are using 
uh, Jotun as their original paint, and you need to get an approval. So if you want to repaint mm-hmm. a property, a lot of communities will give you a range of colors, and, but you can only so you can't it. just go and paint. No, no, you, no. Because otherwise it's going to look like a children's TV program. <laughs> well, Balamore is it? <laughs> yeah, if, if everybody chose the wrong color, yeah. communities will start to look quite uh, quite hard. So they give you a, a, a choice of shade, maybe up to ten. 10 different shades, but you've got to stay within that palette so that your house doesn't and do they stand out. And do they tell you what supplier to go to as well? or if you Because you've got certain colors, it, it's one brand that you, that you can choose. So. I mean, you could color match, but okay. then at that point, you're taking a risk. Because uh, um, they, do they come and inspect you as well? Oh, yeah, I mean, if really? you, most developers will take a deposit beforehand, <laughs> do an approval, and then they come and inspect afterwards. So if, it, if it's not right, you don't get your deposit back. That can be up to 5,000 dirhams. The well, deposit alone. Can they make you repaint if they don't like the Absolutely. color? They, they hold up the swatch? No. Yeah, they've got every right to do that. I mean, oh. we're at the stage now, which is which is great with, with the um, some of the main developers, where uh, we can just send pictures and they're happy that we are totally okay. legit in the way we operate. Um, but that's you know that's eleven yeah. years of experience of working with us. You guys have dedicated painters. We have um, two different scenarios for that. Um, for internal work that we can do effectively um, up to kind of a uh, probably a two-bedroom apartment, we do that ourselves. If we're crazy busy or alternatively it's a big job where we need we, – we work with kind of very technical small teams because that's where mm. we get our value from. Yeah. Um, however, for, for painting works, if it's something that's big, we have a contractor that we've used since pretty much day one. Nice. Um, who, uh, when it's, for instance, um, you know, before now we've done, um, you know, five bedroom, six bedroom, com- uh, six property complexes rather. And at that stage, you need scale. So he can throw 15 guys at it and it will still be managed by us. It will still be the quality that we do, but then it is outsourced mm. to actual labor. I've seen a lot of people using uh, sprayers, and I've seen them for sale. I can get a paint sprayer. I've uh, got one. Pros and cons to that? I mean, uh, I mean, I, there's some obvious ones that it's going to yeah. go everywhere, but can, are people actually, are you guys actually spraying paint? Um, I am personally... <laughs> Um, which uh, I did the kids' treehouse with one. Dan, Dan shaking his head. I've never tried it. You go in Speed X Race, it looks like fantastic gear. Even the Bosch stuff, the, the yeah, straight off the shelf, it doesn't look. It look. It looks good for what you for what it costs. But I've never tried it. Okay, so the difficulty is, um, first of all, if you're looking internally, as you said, the the, yeah. the overspray is just dramatic. Mm. Um, secondly, and it's going in the air, so not only overspray, but it's oh, it's airborne, vaporized. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Um, so that's the first thing and you've got all the health and safety elements to that secondly the amount of paint therefore that you use over and beyond ah. is huge but does it give you a better finish no no uh, it's much <laughs> quicker it's much quicker but again you have issues with drips and then issues with coverage as well so, if you, so you end up getting the roller out anyway and doing some repairs i well the treehouse i did one coat initially with it because i really wanted to give it a go yeah um and it takes a lot of tuning so ah. the weight of the paint, believe it or not, is really important. Um, the weight of which, the paint? Yeah, because um, so oh. if you're using a preservative, very thin, light paint, so you need to use something really kind of quite fine in terms of the tips that go on it. Yeah. Um, if you were using an emulsion, um, so you're doing walls, that kind of thing, um, then, again, slightly heavier paint with the water that's in it, uh, which means your coverage is going to be patchy at best um, mm. if you're very good. I say it'll be patchy. Well, that's the other side, isn't it? I mean, how much practice do we get on this? I mean, using a paintbrush at best, I've got sketchy practice and a roller, but everyone's kind of done some of that at some point. Mm. But using a sprayer, 
That's a whole other skill set. It is, but then um, people think, uh, okay, well, when I'm getting doors done or when I'm getting yeah. skirting boards done, the guys come and they spray it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, there's a real art form to that. It's all down. Then you do need to yeah. thin, um, uh, you know, a, a, an acrylic paint. Um, and uh, it's a whole different world with the DIY stuff versus what they're using. And I think we have to have a paint talk. I can talk, talk acrylics, water, oil, yes. brushes, yeah. rollers. I know we've done this in the past, but I think we have to have a whole paint talk just on. I can happily do that discussion. Yeah. That's no problem at all. As, you know what? I think we're going to wrap up the show once again. It's uh, you know, 800 fix, 800 349 is how you can get a hold of these guys. And I encourage you to do that. Give them a call. They're, they're, your call center is brilliant. They nice just like to, to talk too. If you just want to have a chat, like they'll, <laughs> they'll just chat with you. We're happy to give advice. That's actually a really good point. It's not all about just booking a job with us. Yeah. And um, we're happy to give advice advice um we have uh, for instance one of the things we don't do is appliance repair and um, mm. yet we've got the list of all of the approved appliance um uh, outfits and who does the service agent oh, so again we can nice. provide that to people yeah. um it's important to say we are not motivated financially or otherwise with anybody who we give recommendations for we're adamant about that but we also want to be helpful for those jobs we can't do ourselves well i, I sent someone else over to uh your upholstery guys in sawa ah, which yes. i which which I'd sent you a, you've sent this to me before and I couldn't mm. find it. I couldn't remember which WhatsApp I'd used or where that was. But, you know, again, people are really happy. And it's Good. just, mm. you know, and again, you know, you guys have used it a variety of times, four, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, lots of times. Damn, yeah, good times. business. Yeah. And it's just knowing where these, these folks are and, and making use of it. So, yeah. We will fix it, Joe. Colin and Dan, as always, total pleasure and look forward to doing it again real soon. Sounds great. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the We Will Fix It Show, a Potaholics podcast with Colin and Dan from WeWillFixIt.com. Want to get a question through to us or a comment or a query? Potaholics at gmail.com or ping us on our socials, Twitter and Instagram, Potaholics. That's with a K. And we'll talk to you again really soon. So long for now.